0: What you had heard is not incorrect, but we can't think and make this exam black and white because it's not black and white. It's in the gray. Mm-hmm. And to walk into an exam and try to create such a structure of it's either this way 100% of the time or like this 100% of the time, it's impossible because same thing with clinical practice. It's never going to be a clear cut and 100% of one thing. Just mm-hmm. because it adds additional does not mean that person in front of you needs that additional. coming back at you for another episode on the Fill in the Gaps podcast. Today I'm going to be interacting with people struggling to pass their exams, answering your questions, reviewing a practice question, and easily explaining how to approach community type questions. And if you would like to connect with me, then send me an email at berda24 at gmail.com or go to my Facebook page at Fill in the Gaps. Sit back and enjoy this episode, guys go ahead.
1: All right. So I just failed my clinical by eight questions. And I found that a majority of the questions were, what would you do best? And I found myself narrowing them down to two questions and then honestly trying to guess between the two. And they were so similar. So I'm kind of wondering what would be the best strategy for that?
0: The best strategy, how to navigate between the two answers? Yes. Okay. So when you have that type of scenario, what I tell people to do is to make sure your answer connects back to the question. And how that is done is navigating through the process of what are the key details in the question and what is the stage of treatment that I'm in. For example, if it's their first session, and we haven't started with what they want to start with, or we haven't gauged the safety of the person, it's not going to allow us to answer the question in the best way possible. And First, next, best, and most are all the same because at the end of the day, one word can't dictate an entire question. Does that make sense?
1: that does make sense but the the answers that were given were so close it was like mm-hmm. are you wearing a black shirt and then it's like the person wearing a red shirt you know I, that's a very bad comparison but it it broke it down so narrowly mm-hmm. i i just i feel like i failed because the narrowness in the answers like i tried to break them down every question and it just was so close so i don't know if there's a better way for me to study to help with these best questions
0: so with you being off by eight it means you that you were close so i would say studying the exact same way that you did before and then going from there
2: Okay.
0: because at the end of the day if you had two answers and you chose the one that was incorrect that's just a 50 percent chance of being right or wrong So to walk in and throw a dynamite stick in the basement and blow the whole house up is not going to yield the same results as doing the same exact thing, and then possibly choosing the other answer. Not to say you need to walk in and second guess yourself, but if you had the same set of questions in front of you right now, you'd probably answer it differently or possibly get a different answer based on the way that you're reading the questions and navigating the process.
1: Makes sense. Thank you.
0: Yeah. So that's the thing is a lot of times people will fail the exam and feel that they have to reconstruct everything and change every single thing about what they're currently doing. And it's the total opposite. You need to double down and do the same process and expect to get a different result, which you'll probably say that's the definition of insanity, but you're not getting the same questions as you did before.
1: Very much so. Makes a lot of sense.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for the question. If you have any other questions, just feel free to chime in. Okay. Thank you. Does anyone else have any questions?
2: Yes, I do. Latanya.
0: How is it going? How is it going?
2: It's going well. I wanted to um, respond to, was that Jessica that just asked the question? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. So I experienced the same thing that she experienced. So I was told, and it made sense, when you come across two answers that are similar, that you want to pick the one that offer a little bit more. You, I hope you you guys understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Like if, it's, if it's two answers, like she said, uh, a, a boy with a black shirt, a boy with a black shirt and with the black pants, you would you would choose the boy with the black shirt and the black pants, you know, whatever. Instead of just being general, you want to add a little bit more so it can be more, you, you could offer more. Can of understand what I'm saying? I hope I'm explaining it right. I hope Jessica understand what I'm saying.
0: <laughs> I would be careful with that approach. Oh, really? 100%. Why is that? Because we don't want to overthink and add things that are not going to be precise for that situation. Okay. Because if it, just because it has an additional thing added to the answer does not make it correct.
2: Okay. So I am so confused, I, okay.
0: Well, that's I, the, so the thing is, oh is what you had heard is not incorrect, but we can't think and make this exam black and white because it's not black and white, it's in the gray. And mm-hmm. to walk into an exam and try to create such a structure of it's either this way one hundred percent of the time or like this one hundred percent of the time, it's impossible. Because same thing with clinical practice, it's never going to be clear cut and one hundred percent of one thing. Just mm-hmm. because it adds additional, does not mean that person in front of you needs that additional.
2: Mm. Okay, I you, know, I you know I just thought it was correct because when I uh, completed some study questions. And when I um, kind of like went that route, I got most of the questions right. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. You know. We, I'm here to learn and try to pass this exam, which I failed three months ago, and I'm scheduled to take the to retake the exam next month on the 23rd. So I am trying to aim aim at this exam a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was uh, two points away.
0: Okay. So why change the approach?
2: Why change the approach? I've, you know what? I can't even answer that. But um, And then I've learned, too, that the exam is more as a situational exam. And to, uh, to, to kind of like learn they, the, the situations and, and know what they want. Like, what do they want you to do? So I've learned that. Am I explaining right?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. you're you're right on point. But okay. okay, I'm only asking why I changed the approach because you were close.
2: I thought maybe it would help me pass if I change a little bit of my approach. Okay. Because I don't want to go on and do the same thing and then fail again by two. So I need to learn you know, a little bit more so I can go ahead and pass the exam.
0: Okay.
1: I wanted to piggyback also. Uh, This is Jessica M. back that failed with eight points. Um, I feel like I've I've gained a lot of knowledge with the studying I've already done, and I'm just expanding on the knowledge by adding more more ways of trying to tackle the questions, like more strategy. Because Mm -hmm. before, I was doing a lot of question and answer and question and answer and learning a lot from that way, but Mm -hmm. I'm kind of wondering if I missed a lot of the strategy that is required if that makes sense
0: Mm -hmm. sense to me Mm -hmm.
2: that's where i'm at too
0: okay (laughs) let
2: me let me uh mute so i can give it back to you (laughs) philip
0: part of me is saying Critique it, the other part of me is saying, Let you guys try it and see what happens and I say that to say you guys have already convinced yourself to change it in the way that it's been changed and for me to have you second guess yourself is not helpful i 'm just speaking from a position of <laughs> knowing the pitfalls people have fallen into and interacting with so many people and trying to prevent you from from either generalizing or overwhelming or hyper focusing on areas that are going to Lead you to overthinking, because when you come from a simplistic realm, the anxiety tends to be less because your your plan is simpler than if you add a ton of things or try to make it such a generalizable approach and word associate almost of this isn't the question, this isn't the answer. I'm immediately going with that one because I've heard X, Y, or Z about this, but that's why. I'd- <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys um try it and go from there because I don't wanna talk you guys out of something that you guys are believing in. Does that make sense?
2: Well, a little bit and a little bit no, because if you if you can give us me, give me a little bit more knowledge seriously on how to pass this exam, I'm willing to you know listen and take your your encouragements your um your encouragements and and your knowledge etc
0: mhm cuz my biggest proponent is whenever someone walks into the exam with an ability to generalize questions they tend to fail
2: mm-hmm.
0: and through working with with hundreds of people at this point As long as someone believes in their technique, trust what they see on the paper is what it is, as well as has the lens that they're not going to be 100% perfect. They tend to pass more than the people that are like, I'm going to word associate. I'm going to generalize and I need to blow up my whole system because it did not work because I didn't pass. Mm -hmm. Because the amount that you get incorrect is an, indicator of how close or far away you were from thinking the way that needs to be done for those set of questions. And I don't mean to say that there's a particular way of thinking to get you somewhere, but your choices were that much closer to passing. Mm -hmm. So trying to blow up an entire system that worked (laughs) because just because you failed does not mean it did not work. It just needed one more or two more different looks or something along those lines to say and that's why i always tell people double down on your strategy if it didn't work the first time if you were close within reason of course like if you missed it by a a decent amount of questions then it may be okay maybe we need to analyze or differentiate between the way that you were doing it before but if you were close i would say if you utilize the same techniques as you did last time and got a different set of questions you potentially could pass You're okay but again, I if you're comfortable with the way that you're doing it right now, because there's I could tell you everything that I possibly know and you could still fail the exam. Mhm. Because there's no one one size fits all, and I don't mean to like steer you in that way and I felt myself doing that, so I backed off. And was like, right. nope, this is how they want to do it. So that's that's what they're comfortable with.
2: I I I just believe that for me, that I, I really need to learn how to analyze the question and um to be able to get the get get the answer right. Um, because the last the last exam, there was questions that I had no idea. I'm like, I've never seen this before.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was like, oh my God. So what I learned from that experience is that I need to learn how to really understand the question to stem and how to break it down so I can get the right answer. Mm -hmm. That's where I'm at.
0: And you were doing that though. Before, before making that change and saying the answer that adds more, you were doing that and you were close. Yeah. And letting one or two questions that you entirely didn't know stray you away from thinking that, you know, the other questions could possibly Be a way that caused you to not get it correct because when we don't feel like what we're doing is correct, it makes us frustrated, anxious, and shut down.
2: Mm -hmm. You're right about that.
0: So that's where I always tell people to visualize 170 different clients. And that's not to say that if you're afraid of being around a ton of people, don't visualize them all at the same time. But you're not going to connect with every single client that you interact with. Just same thing with questions. You're not going to connect with and understand every single question that you read. But you don't have to. The exam isn't 100% thing. It's as long as you answer X amount correct, depending on which version you get, you're able to get a passing score. So that feeling of uncertainty that you're having right now is normal. Okay. Like if you like I didn't prepare at all for this uh question and answer because I don't know the questions that you guys were going to ask,,
2: okay.
0: so there's a part of me that's like, okay, what is the best thing to possibly say, and it's like just speak from the heart and what you would want to hear someone to tell you,
2: mm-hmm.
0: which is the honest truth.
2: well, can you show some examples of Jessica question because I I agree with her, I experienced the same thing. Like there were two similar answers and I didn't know which one to pick. So I just did any, many, many, many I'm like, oh my God, they both, the same answers.
0: What do you mean? You want a practice question?
2: If you can show, I guess me, and I don't know if Jessica, whoever else, an example of how to get the right answer when, when the both both of the answers appear to be the, almost the same answer
0: okay do you have a particular topic here you want to see
2: it doesn't matter to me i just want to see how the strategy okay um, break down the question and get the answer
0: so do me one small favor mhm tell me the gender the age and the agency and the top like presenting problem you want to see
2: oh god
0: well it just helps me write a question
2: okay so I'll
0: fill in the gaps from there no pun intended
2: and I hopefully everybody else can help as well okay now what was the first the first thing so just
0: give me gender age location and presenting issue
2: I will say uh, a family of four okay okay a family of four seeks um services at an outpatient center okay i don't know outpatient no no, no.
0: you're overthinking it just give me gender age presenting issue right. i'll okay. fill in family, the details okay.
2: family for mother do- mother father daughter son outpatient okay. setting um seeking a family treatment
0: okay. okay that's it all right i can fill in the gaps all right okay. social worker at an outpatient clinic Clinic is. All right, nope. Outpatient clinic has been working with a family of four upon referral. Four, no, upon referral from CPS. Okay. CPS sent the family to the social worker concerns with sexual misconduct on behalf of the mother. CPS reports that the mother was caught fondling her daughter. The family has been working on establishing boundaries for the past, how long do you want it? Two months or longer?
2: It's whatever you want.
0: All right. Well, let's say five months. For the past five months, during the most recent session, The son states that he saw his mother in his sister's room late last night. What should the social worker? Do you wanted a first, next, best, or most?
1: I choose best. Jessica All right. most. All
0: right. Me. Well best. would be the best. Thing for the social worker to do in this situation, and this is me just coming up with on the fly. So give me a second if I have to like <laughs> troubleshoot it. But um, all right, a. In front, the mother about the son's concerns. Reflect the strategies that the family has been, or no, review the strategies, not reflect. Review the strategies that the social worker has been working on with the family. Um, Ask the other family members. what they think about the sun's comment and gather their perspective and ask the sun about um, no. Ask the daughter about her experience with what her brother said. All right. So C and D are going to be the closer related ones. Would you agree? Yes. All right. So walk me through this. Break this down. And give me your perspective and the answer that you think it is, and we'll go from there.
1: So for me, it would be C. I'm just going to say, because you're already in a family session, Mm -hmm. um, so you're not going to want to scapegoat anyone. So you're not going to want to put the focus on anyone. So I would say, ask the family members what they think about the son's comment.
0: Okay. And here's a strategy that I utilize with people in individual sessions as well, is why not A- B or D, explain why they're incorrect for you to me.
1: Because confronting the mother, um, you don't know what she was doing in the room. So she could have been reading a book. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that one's out for me. Okay. Reviewing what the, the strategies that the family already um, has been working on um, really isn't tackling the problem that was, or the situation that is in front of them right now. Mm -hmm. and asking her daughter what uh, the experience um, with what her brother just said, who knows if the daughter was even awake? That's what I'm thinking. Okay. So if the mother was going to kiss the daughter goodnight, maybe I'm overanalyzing it. So C to me would be the best answer.
2: I'm kind of confused because the son brought this information to the social worker, right?
0: Absolutely.
2: Now, if we ask the family members what they think about the son comment, they're not gonna know what we're talking about, right? It's like, what what, what, what comment? What did he, and do we know if the son, did the son say that he wanted us to report that or bring it up or, see, this is very confusing.
0: I forgot a word, session.
2: Let me see the sun states that, oh.
0: During the session.
2: Okay, 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 so in, it's in the session. Yeah. Got, got it, okay. That's what I was confused about, okay. Okay. So
0: what would be your answer?
2: It, it would be C.
0: Well, let me tell you this. C is incorrect.
2: It is?
0: Absolutely. So let me break it down and navigate it. Okay. So I always tell people, focus on the setting and where you're at. So we're in an outpatient clinic. So our job in an outpatient clinic, assess, Mm -hmm. stabilize, maintain, discharge. So we're working with the family and there's four of them. So there's multiple components and multiple different perspectives that we have to keep in mind. CPS sent them. So they have some substantiated evidence that this behavior happened, or they want us to work and they're monitoring it outside, and there's sexual misconduct on behalf of a mom. So the mom was the one that was accused of fondling the daughter. So the mom was caught fondling the daughter. So there was some substantiated evidence, and it was confirmed that it was happening. So that's why they're coming to us to help us establish boundaries and communication amongst the family and have them stay reunited or stay unified if you will so we've been doing this for five months that gives us a gauge of how long we've been implementing strategies and they've been attempting to do this and then the son says that he saw his mom in his sister's bedroom last night late last night if you will so a non-traditional time typically so what do we need to do first So as you guys said, confronting the mother about the son's concerns, bad moves, bad vibes. We're not gunning for the mom (laughs) because confronting is a strong word. That means I think you did it. I'm going to come right to you to it. So we're not going to do that. So if we're utilizing the acronym here, confronting her is going to be to intervene, why it's an action on behalf of us, reviewing the strategies with the family. That would be, again, us kind of doing an educate, Because we're like, hey, guys, here's the way that we're trying to establish boundaries. Like you said, bad moves. So then we have ask every other family member about what the son thinks. Or do we want to ask the daughter who is potentially fondled about the experience? And not to say that she was in there fondling, but who would better be able to tell us that happened inside of the room? Who would be the best person to tell us what happened inside that room? The daughter. Absolutely. So that is why it's the correct answer because we need to go to the person that the accusation or that is part of it. Because if the daughter says, no, I don't think that happened or at all, what does the comment mean?
2: Yeah, that's true. That's like ignoring the daughter.
0: Because let's say, because where's the son saying this from? Like, is he just gonna come up with a lie? Wow. And that's the thing is, And remember how I said, just because it adds stuff into the situation, aka it adds like extra family members, it doesn't make it correct because you have to go to the person that's involved. And just because we're working with the family, someone within the family isolated a family member and said, I think this happened and the kid has no reason to lie. So we want to ask the person. It'd be like if somebody said, Hey, someone made a rude comment about you. Are you just going to gossip with the person that told you that the person made the comment or you're going to go to the person that made the comment i would go to the person that made the comment does that make sense
4: mm-hmm.
0: and that's what i mean is like keep it simple and keep it direct and slice it you were close last time
3: so um, my name go is ahead. heidi can i have a question
0: sorry no, no no go ahead what's up what's up what's up
3: So with this type of question, so I work in outpatient with children and so, which I know this, one of these answers are not an option, but usually on the test, what I've noticed from the past previous attempts taking it is usually one of the answers in this kind of situation where they report any kind of sexual abuse, immediately there's always an option to report it. So... Um, and that's, I know that's what you always do first because we don't investigate. Does that make so? Well, let so, me ask you this. Okay.
0: Who referred them in this situation?
3: Gotcha. From CPS. Okay. So, but in, uh, but we recently had a situation where we did have a, where they were in custody mm-hmm. and it had already been reported previous, but then um we've always been told that we still have to report no matter if there's an open investigation we always have to report so is that true according to like the nasw or the test
0: so the biggest the biggest thing first is not that you're gonna ignore ever abuse so don't don't take that from this question or from me right now but you want to make sure you're not talking on hearsay and if a family's in front of you right now we can gather that extra data. Not that we're going to investigate. We're not going to go home and put cameras or anything. But if we can ask the person that is involved in the situation more details, we always want to make a stronger case.
3: So um, say if like there's a question like this on the test, and one of the other options was to immediately report uh, – report it to like the be or you know report it would the report it be correct or would it still be to ask the daughter first because i was always under the impression that we're not investigators we just I, so i which i understand what you're saying it comes from cps so so what but what if it was report first what would that um, we wouldn't would that be change?
0: able to do that yet it's just an accusation at this moment
3: Okay.
0: Because somebody, guess, because the family is literally in front of you, and someone in the family accuses somebody in the family. We're not just going to get on CPS and say, "Yup, fondled again." Because, okay. So because the so ba- son wasn't in the room.
3: Okay. So basically, in this scenario, so sorry, I.
0: No, no, the, that's okay. The whole Go family
3: ahead. Was, was together, correct? When he and so he said this in front of the whole family. Yes. Okay. So would it? Okay. So oh, I'm sorry, I wasn't. I was thinking he was alone with the therapist. So my bad. Um, what would that change though? If now would that change if the say the son was with just the therapist only? Would your outcome change, or would you still want to ask the the sister about her experience?
0: We'd still ask her
3: before you would report.
0: Yeah, because we'd want to make sure that what her perspective was, because she was a part of the the incident. Same thing, like, for example, let's say we had somebody call into you and say, this guy was super hammered last weekend, and he's back relapsing using drugs. Would we immediately get the probation officer on the phone and say, yup, violate him? Or would you let that person come in, examine the situation, and see what their perspective is?
3: Right. I guess guess sometimes I get, or I have to, like, read you think my brain just because and so often in these situations i'll compare it to like how we our protocol for at work is and when Mm -hmm. i know i think that way because every agency is different and every state is different so sometimes you can't really think about what your agency will do but sometimes it's hard not to do that if that makes sense
0: Mm -hmm. no it totally does because we're creatures of habit and if we have access to be able to do something and pull something out we would but in this situation the family's still in front of us
3: right okay that yeah okay that makes sense
0: now if it said that we had an anonymous caller call in and say hey i think this person's fond- fondling them again we're not going to call the family and say hey are you fondling again we would go yeah. okay cps i got this anonymous call based on this but if someone's in front of you you address the here and now rather than because as social workers Regardless of what someone says we don't investigate, I'm calling BS on that because we assess and gather data prior to making any accusations or any assessment or referrals or anything. Okay. In an an example outside of CPS, let's say you get a case file that says somebody has schizophrenia, are you just going to accept it or are you going to assess the symptoms?
3: Where are you going to assess first? Yes.
0: And that's the thing is there's a difference between assessing and investigating. Investigating means we're going above and beyond gathering data that is needed for the situation. Because if you're contacting CPS, they're going to ask you who it is, where it's at, what was the situation. Right. Okay. And if you tell CPS, hey, I had a session with the family. Son said that mom fondled daughter, and then CPS goes and does that, your connection with the family is over because you're assuming, and assuming is the absolute worst thing that you can do on the exam, that this was a fondle.
3: Right. Okay.
0: Because let's say we asked daughter, hey, what happened last night? Oh, mom just came on to check on me. Would you call CPS then? No. Absolutely. So that's what I mean is don't generalize and think of the exam every time that you see CPS to pick it because you'll get, you'll potentially get the question wrong immediately because you did not read entirely or analyze or break it down.
3: Okay. Okay. Well, thank you.
0: You're welcome. And that, and you're doing the right things. It's just make sure that what you're picking makes sense to the question and you're not just jumping to conclusions.
3: Right. Okay. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you so much for putting input in. Okay. All right. Does anyone else have any questions or want to talk about their experience?
2: This question reminds me of like a school social work scenario that's getting secondary information from the teacher. And mm-hmm. you want to follow up with the kid to assess, right? This remind me of that. Mm -hmm. situation
0: yeah just like with any case scenario that you could have possibly if it's hearsay you always want to get data from the person because if somebody assumes something about you how does it make you feel
4: hi phil my name is britney and i just want to piggyback off of that because i used to work for cps and when she spoke about the school social workers but during my reports, came from uh, teachers or school social workers. But when we get actually up to the school to talk to the student, because we could talk to the student without the permission of the parents. Once a report is made, and then the child tells us exactly what actually happened. If they had a bruise or something on them, like I had one who the teacher reported that all the child said that if he doesn't make a straight A, that he would get beat. Well, when when she made the report, she didn't ask any further questions. And when I got up to the student and asked him, okay, when you say beat, what exactly happens? Do they use a belt, their hand, and where do they aim it at? And he said, just on my behind, and she always used a belt. So just that part of you saying not to assume the worst and then actually talking to that child is a whole different story as well. So now that helps with the question as for how to break it down to answer
0: it. Because mm-hmm. it just sets it up and makes it a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Because someone once told me a phrase, assume makes a, a to be proper, bud out of you and me. Because mm-hmm. when we don't have the full data and we try to paint the picture for someone or a situation, we always look like a fool. If you're looking from a CBT realm, that's called mind reading.
4: Okay.
0: I appreciate your input too because if we as a profession didn't automatically jump to CPS and did some assessing prior to doing so, our system probably wouldn't be as clogged up as it is.
4: Okay. I have my actual take my test november 25th and i have not established an actual study technique like so my anxiety is at all the top high
0: mm-hmm.
4: like any tips for that
0: mm-hmm. well first i would suggest looking at my youtube channel about how i break down and navigate questions
4: I definitely have
0: <laughs> okay and from and from that i typically have a system that i follow over and over and over and over And that's always reading the question one time to understand it, second time breaking that bad cat down, third and fourth time I'm reading the question, I'm comparing my answer back to the question to make sure it connects. Okay. Because when you develop a system of that, it mitigates you assuming and doubting your answer or second guessing it. Because if I gathered information from the question, picked the answer and it connected, my chances of getting it incorrect dramatically decrease.
4: Okay. Does
0: that make sense?
4: Yes. So I will be watching some more of your videos this weekend.
0: Awesome. And if you need anything, just reach out to me on my email at ber. Oh, I,
4: I want to set up a one-on-one if I can. So. Uh
0: huh. Yeah. Just send me an email.
1: Okay. We'll do.
0: Thank you so much for your input.
1: Thank you. Yep. Thank you. I know this might be a silly question, but do you have an order in which your YouTube videos are best watched in? Like where do you start?
0: So an easy thing to do, go to my YouTube channel and then it'll go to the top that says videos. And if you want to start from the beginning, you can. The main difference that you're going to notice is what I actually physically look like and what the camera and um, audio sound like. But beyond that, there's nothing major difference between the videos, because it all—all all that the videos are—is me reviewing different topics and different um, questions. And just over time, I have changed, and but the style that I have people utilize has not changed. Does that make sense?
1: Yep. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So a couple of questions that were pulled from the Facebook post. Best ways to utilize supervision. I'm 15 years post-grad school and just getting my license. I get free super free supervision at work, such as a blessing, although I'd like the sessions to be more productive. I'm seeking a second supervisor that I'll pay so I can get different perspectives. So just as if this was like you and a therapist or you and a tutor for the licensure exam or you and a supervisor after you get your license or if you're preparing to get your license. Always vocalize your needs and what you need out of a supervisor, a therapist, a tutor, or whatever. Because if you don't share what you're expecting, it's hard for you to get that expectation met. So, for example, like I worked with a supervisor, I said, I want to learn how to be more clinical. I want to be able to do and make the connections between different disorders and different modalities, as well as how do I interweave co occurring throughout that. So, throughout my supervision time, we just would always revisit that as well as coming in with an agenda is also very, very important. So that way you have an accurate check of what you want to get done and you can look back at it at the beginning of supervision, middle of supervision, and the end of your supervision to see where you started and the questions you were asking and if you can actually answer them for yourself, which may lead you to being a good supervisor in the future. Next question. I haven't scheduled the exam. However, my thought is to wake up one day and just schedule it two weeks out rather than making a date months in advance to take it, thoughts and ideas. So I would say there's no science to the amount of time someone should wait or prepare for the exam. It's all based person to person, but a lot of people will amp themselves up and put too much anxiety based on when they think their exam is going to be or if their exam is slowly coming up. So if you were to schedule it two weeks out from now, It would add a little bit more motivation and lessen the amount of time that it would give you to be anxious about it. But again, that's not for everybody. I personally only took two weeks to prepare and study and took the exam and passed it. But that doesn't mean that that's the end all be all. So I would always tell people to reflect on what you need and what you'd hope to get out of your studying and base it entirely off your needs and not what people feel that you need. So. If you're working with somebody, make sure that they understand your perspective, but also work with somebody that has experience in helping people pass rather than just throwing just generic strategies at you. Any tips on how to answer the community and supervisory questions? Absolutely. So with any practice in social work, it's typically the same system of how you would address it. So if I'm working with the community, it's going to be the same as if I'm working with an individual client. So first, I need to make sure the community is safe for me as well as the people in it. And if that's not the case, I'm not going to engage the community because I'm not going to put myself at risk in any way, shape, or form. That's not to say we don't go into underserved areas and stuff like that. But that just means like if you have a potential danger for your health or well-being immediately from going into the community, probably not a good move to do that. But after that is established that it's safe, I'm going to assess what the individual client wants, what the community wants, or what the supervisee wants or what the agency needs. Why? Because it's super duper important to get the feelings of that situation. And then assess means that we know what the target is, but we then need to assess for what are the resources and things that could potentially be needed to help us accomplish that goal. And then from there, identifying the resources around us to do it. And then once we do it, we'll deliver the intervention or what we think is best. We'll review it and analyze it and then dissect it from there. So I always suggest people to look at community questions the same way as they do individual clients. Next question. When I answer a question, should I ever go back and change? Only change your answer if you miss something in the question or the question is telling you to change the answer. Never just blindly change it because you feel like it is a good idea. Make sure the question and the answer connect, and if they don't, then you might have missed something in the question. Um, Six, I have taken the exam twice. I feel I was concentrating too much on the material. How do I balance study content and study how to answer? I think my weak area is processing questions. This exam is different than other exams. Absolutely. So it's not a collegiate level exam. It's a professional exam. Collegiate level exam means I study a ton of materials. It's guaranteed to be on the exam. And then I go from there. A professional level exam means I study what could possibly be on the exam. Not everything is going to be on it. And then I navigate and process it from there. Meaning if I... Could possibly study every aspect of social work and every aspect's gonna be on the exam, the exam would be a lot easier. But just as with clients, clients are gonna bring in unique situations and we have to have unique and eclectic, meaning multiple different things in our experience and tool belts or toolboxes, if you will, to help address and assess. So it's almost impossible to be prepared and anticipate every single topic that could possibly be on the exam because that's just not how it works. Thank you guys for checking out this episode of my podcast. If you have any questions or concerns, my email is berda24 at gmail.com. If you want to check me out on Facebook, my page is Fill in the Gaps. I appreciate all of the support. Take care, guys, and I'll see you in the next episode.